Hurricane Hotline on the Joe is sponsored by Williamson Cadillac, your premier luxury dealership. Experience everything that Williamson Cadillac has to offer. Williamson is Miami. Now let's talk Canes on AM 560, FM 96.5 HD to the Joe WQAM and the radio.com app. Welcome back to the Hurricane Hotline, everyone. As we continue, brought to you by Williamson Cadillac. And joining us now from the University of Miami Center, Corey Gaynor is with us. And, Corey, it seems like it's been a long, hard-fought camp so far. Uh, First game, about a week and a half away. How does it feel to be so close to getting back into real competition, getting back to a game? It feels amazing. And uh, we've we've been battling covid We've been battling each other in practice, and uh, it's um, it's it's going to be a great feeling to go battle a different person, different team. How would you describe training camp so far? Hot, hard, <laughs> fast, physical, um, so many different things. But it, it, it's uh, very detail oriented. It's been a great training camp, and I, I'm I'm super excited, super I'm super happy to. Have, that we're getting ready to go play some football. Why has this team been able to block out all of the distractions? And certainly there have been plenty from COVID to whatever else. How have you guys remained united? Great leadership. Uh, starts from the top down. Coach Diaz being a great leader for our team, great spokesman. And we have great coaches, Coach Justice, Coach Lashley, Coach Baker on defense, great coaches. And then we got great leaders on the team that keep everybody in line. You mentioned the leadership, and that's so important, isn't uh, isn't it? Because we often talk about the best teams are the ones that are player-led. Do you feel like you're getting to that point at the University of Miami? We, we still got – some some ways to go on that aspect, but but we're, we're we're ahead of where we were. We're every day we're taking a step closer to where we need to be. How important has it been for you to be a leader? <laughs> That's my job. If if you uh, if if a center is not a leader, if a center is not a guy that can communicate well, there's no chance. So um, I've really looked myself in the mirror from last season and tried to change the the little things of. Like based off my leadership, and I'm ready to just kick this thing off coming here soon. Corey Gaynor, University of Miami Center, is our guest on the Hurricane Hotline. Okay, you mentioned Coach Justice a couple of moments ago. It's your your third, I believe it's your third offensive line coach in four years. Uh, what has this transition been like for you? Smooth. Uh, coach Justice is a guy. He's a great leader, and he's the, he's the, he's a he's the type of coach where he pushes you, but he's, he's such a good coach that you want to work harder for him. Um, I have the utmost respect for Coach Justice. He does a great job with all the guys in our room, and uh, he's a great teacher. I've, I've learned a lot, and I feel like I'm playing my best football in my life right now. How much of the uh, technique, how much of the philosophy is different for you this time around compared to the previous couple of years? Uh, just – with all linemen, uh, it's it's monotonous. You you do the same steps, you do the same blocks. You just got to find beauty, and you got to find pride in all of that because it's it's not a very uh, sought after position. So, but it's it's different in the sense because there's a sense of pride uh, in this room. There's a sense of redemption, and uh, we just got guys working hard day in and day out and just competing and battling their ass off. 
You have a new offensive coordinator, Red Lashley. You have a new style, hurry up, spread. It seems like it's coming together pretty well. Uh, where do you think you are right now in terms of uh, not only you but the entire offense in terms of understanding the offense and executing the offense? Yeah, um, understanding. I think everybody has a great understanding of the offense. Uh, we preach simplicity and uh, knowing what to do and how to do it, and and we're 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 doing it. We're we're like I said before, we're in practice. We're that that's what practice is for, right? To get all those mistakes out and stuff like that. But we're we're battling. We got guys watching extra film, doing extra stuff in the playbook. It, it, it's really exciting to see. I've always felt the unique thing and maybe the neat thing about this offense under Coach Lashley, especially when he was at Auburn, is it takes for an offensive lineman, it takes advantage of the rules, it makes it maybe a little bit easier to play, and you can make every play look like a pass play, even if it's a run play, correct? No doubt about that, that we're living in the day and age of the RPO. And that makes it a little more difficult, especially for a linebacker or just in general for a defense to decode what you're doing. Yes, definitely. That, that's definitely a huge part of it. How much does it help you as a center? What are some of the things uh, where it helps you as a center getting downfield? Uh, just when, when you're really pounding the ball and you're moving the ball and as fast as we want to be able to move the ball, it, it, it takes a toll on the defense. If we get lined up faster than them and we're, we're just going, playing and play out, just beating on them, like it, it takes a toll. Body blows take a toll. So when you see a defender or a linebacker with their hands on the hips and we're getting ready to snap the ball, you know you have the advantage before that play. So it, it, it's it's great. It's a great feeling is what I would say, is just being on the offense, just being able to move the ball and stuff like that. Hurricane center Corey Gaynor is our guest on the Hurricane Hotline. You have a new quarterback, De'Ara King. What kind of difference will he make and why? Oof. He's, a, he's a baller. He um, He's going to make a huge difference. And um, he he's one of those guys that's super talented, but doesn't waste his talent. Doesn't waste his talent. He comes in every single day, and he just works super hard. He's a great leader. He's a guy that always checks on his offensive line. Always talks to his receivers. Uh, I'm I'm super excited to just snap him the ball and watch him go to work, man. You know, um, obviously an area that, of concern, especially last year, was red zone and third downs. And because of his legs, because of his ability to run. I think that automatically makes you better in those critical situations. Yeah, the the play is never dead. So with him, but um, he adds a new dynamic. Teams got to make sure they spy him. Teams got to make sure that they're they're watching him. And because if they don't, he's gone. A flat flash of an eye, he's gone. We got the first down. We got the touchdown. So he's a game changer. What I tell people about him when he runs. He, he seems to know where the destination is. He's not a quarterback just looking for an exit route. He's looking for an exit route, but then the, he's also looking for a place to get to, and he gets there in a hurry. Yeah, there's, there's sometimes when he, he breaks off in practice, and I'm trying to catch him and congratulate him on a big play, but I just, I just can't. I'm running, but I just can't. Hurricane Senator Corey Gaynor, our guest on the Hurricane Hotline. What would you say about your running game? You have Cameron Harris. Then you have uh, two freshmen that have lightning speed in uh, Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton. I, I can't say enough. We got three great backs, all hardworking, all tough, all physical, fast as lightning. 
man, those those two new guys, uh, Cheney and Knighton, they they can play some football. And obviously, Cam Harris shows day in and day out that he can play some football. So it, it, it's it's great to have those being able to block for those three guys because they run the ball hard and they're tough. You know, you mentioned the spread and some of the things, some of the uh, qualities that are going into this offense. How important do you think it is? And I imagine you have seen it in practice. Uh, the quick score, where you score fast rather than trying to uh, outslug people on a 12-play drive down the field. Yeah, uh, but even with this offense, there's going to be 12-play drives. But the thing is, when you spread people out, they can't they can't stack the box on you because we have so many options and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, when you're looking at a weaker box, you just we, it's going to be uh, us five and then the running back and then Derek because you can't ever count him out. And then we have RPOs, and it's it's good. The the offense is going to be really good for the run game. I've gone almost uh, ten minutes without asking you about your line mates. You got a couple of, couple of new additions to your left. You have Usman Traor, and then uh, to your right, you've added uh, uh, Jared Williams from Houston. What is your offensive line looking like? Uh, just some guys that <laughs> come to work every day and just put their heart outs on and go to work. Um, every day we're, we're grinding and we're, we're working to be the best five we could be. And uh, adding Jared is, is huge. Jared's a great football player. And then Ooze, Ooze is tough as nails. People don't really talk about Ooze as much as they need to. I trust all five, all four guys that I'm playing with because, you know, I got Scape on my right and then John Campbell uh, holding it down at left tackle. But it's, it's, it's good. I, uh, I feel really confident with these guys. You also have some uh, guys, talented guys, competing, guys that played a lot a year ago. Zion Nelson, Ja'Kai Clark, two very uh, nice players, played the entire season last season. So they're in the mix. They bring some experience. And then uh, uh, kind of a guy backing you up a little bit. Uh, maybe fans don't recognize his name, but Cleveland Reed back on the squad. Looks like he's had a pretty good camp. What would you say about those three? Yeah, um, obviously um – Everyone's got to see Zion and Jakai, and they're they're just working hard and they're competing. They're burning the guys in front of them's butts. You got Jakai and Ooze battling every single day, and what competition does it just makes you better. And then Cleveland Reed making uh, an unselfish decision to help the team snapping the football is is amazing. Uh, I've been teaching uh, Cleveland how to play center, and he's doing a, a really really good job of it. And um, Cleveland is a very talented football player, and we got our room is just a bunch of hardworking guys. Corey Gaynor, University of Miami Center, is our guest. You also have in the mix a freshman, Jalen Rivers, who I, I just look at him and I think strong. Well, how would you describe him? They're exactly how you described him strong, powerful, good with his hands. Jalen's a very talented football player, he's very physically gifted. And uh, he comes to work every day, ne ne never has a bad attitude. Corey Gaynor is a redshirt junior. He is uh, the University of Miami starting center. Uh, started all of last year. I feel like you've been here for a while. This experience uh, has to help you, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, when I first got here, I played a lot as a true freshman. Uh, a lot, even got, uh, I think, one or two starts in that year. And then I redshirted my... My, my true second year and then obviously started all the games last year but it's just that experience that my second year when I when I redshirted something something clicked and it was just what what how I wanted 
this room and how I wanted to like present myself and all these things. So I'm, I'm really excited to kick off this season. I think we have a lot to show people. When you kick it off, uh, you'll be playing in your 28th game for the University of Miami, your 14th in a row, so th that's good news. Uh, the team you're going to play, I imagine you'll start that preparation uh, this week uh, in terms of really zeroing in on what they do, Alabama-Birmingham. They're going to kick off on uh, Thursday night. But uh, if you look ahead to them, uh, a peek at their scouting report would say they believe their defensive line is is their strength and one of the best in the country. So you're going to start off right away with a very uh, able and willing opponent. Yeah, and there's uh, no doubt about that. Also, uh, UAB's an extremely talented. Like they're they're on on paper teams always are like oh this and that, but like th there's a reason that they've won so many games in the past three seasons. And then there's a reason they were number eight in total defense last year. They're, they're a talented football team. They're hardworking, but uh, this game coming up is more about us than it is them. If we could continue to work hard and continue to prepare, uh, we'll, we'll go play some football. What do you think is going to be like when you run out into the smoke, through the smoke, you won't have a full stadium. You'll have 13,000 there. You'll have, thousands and thousands and thousands around South Florida cheering for you. What do you think that's going to be like? And do you think there's a maybe a, a certain responsibility that you want to take onto the field uh, that night? Um, it's going to be exciting, that's for sure. It's been a, it's been a, a long time, um, not back in Hard Rock Stadium. And uh, obviously the fans make it electric, but it's just – we, we've preached all offseason about how it's us and how we have to bring our own energy to the game. So I'm sure guys are going to be juiced up and we're going to be very grateful for the, the fans that do make it to the stadium because with all this stuff going on, it's a blessing that they're even able to come. So it's going to be awesome. We, we know what it's been like or partially know what it's been like to even get this far. And I think your team is to be congratulated and saluted so far because you guys have done a great job to put yourself in a position to be able to play football this year. Do you take a certain amount of pride in that? Yeah, we, of course we do. We, we just, we pride ourselves on just doing what's right, but uh, that, that's the standard. You just got to do what's right. And we've done that this whole off season. So I, I couldn't be happier. All right, Corey Gaynor, thank you for joining us on the Hurricane Hotline. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to seeing you next week against Alabama-Birmingham. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, that's uh, Corey Gaynor uh, joining us on the show. He did a wonderful job. And, uh, Don, before we talk about the offensive line, a couple of quick notes. Manny Diaz did say today after practice, he said, I know from our league we are committed to play unless it just becomes to the point where you can't. We're all aware of that, and that's why we've been telling our players this could be a year where a defensive player has to play offense and vice versa. You know, a wideout has to play defensive back. Someone has to play this position or that position. And uh, I think that's true. You could have – uh, a wide receiver this week, he might be a safety next week. So uh, he might be, uh, he might need a left tackle. Uh, might be a, a guy who's a tight end might become a left tackle. Uh, guys are just gonna have to be ready. It's a year where you can play everybody, keep everybody engaged. Uh, before we go to break, we heard Corey Gaynor uh, talk about some of the new guys on the offensive line. What do you think about Usman Traor, six foot three, Richard, sophomore from Georgia? A sleeper. He he really 
Uh, you know, this is a guy that was recruited two years ago by LSU. They got him out of junior college, Joe. And last year he um, he worked very, very hard, and he he just didn't he he just didn't get it. And I I noticed him um, the first couple of days of spring. He looked great, but now I, you start seeing him. He's gotten so much stronger. And you gotta you gotta credit the strength and conditioning program at the University of Miami for that part of it. But he's a natural. He's a bender. He he does a good job um, with his hands, and I think that's that's where he's got the biggest advantage. But he's he's ready to play. He is gonna be able to provide Miami. Some, some help in, in the fact that he, he doesn't get run over. I mean, when he locks down and he locks his he, he locks his elbows out on you, he's hard to move. And I think he was he was a steal. And, and because you ask any Hurricane fan, they never heard of him. And and that's a, that's in all honesty. But he you know he came in and uh, and he, and he's doing a nice nice job. And he's really brought competition to that position. Jared Williams, six foot six, three hundred eight pound, red shirt senior. Playing right tackle right now gives Miami a lot of experience. Uh, he's got uh, great range, I think, uh, because of his build. What, what have you seen in him? He's legit. We're we are so lucky to have him, and you know you put him almost in the category of Derek King. You know, a, a position in need was quarterback for Miami, and they got him. A position in need for Miami also was at the tackle position, and this guy is. Excellent. He's earned his starting spot immediately. Uh, he's conditioned. He's he's he might push six seven. I think they got him to list at six six. He, he looks six seven. He's got excellent hands. He, you can tell that he's played a bunch of football and he understands you know the running game and he also understands that how how to pass for text. He was in an offense that was very similar to this. So the conditioning part of it, he doesn't have to to overcome that. And you you'll see that Miami's. Offensive line got better the day that he put a helmet on and went out on the field. Uh, John Campbell is over there left tackle along with uh, Zion Nelson. So it's two guys that have played the position. Uh, Maybe Campbell right now has the edge. uh, But at the very least, it's two players that uh, got a a good amount of snaps here the last couple of years. Uh, Last year, Zion Nelson starting at that position most of the way. Yeah, he. I mean, Zion started every game as, as a true freshman, and he is totally different body type. I mean, he's probably 310, 315 pounds now, and they've got him working at guard as well, and he looks like he's adapting to that. So he's a he's a two-position guy. Heck, I wouldn't be surprised one day that guy could play center. I mean, he's that athletic, and and you see the maturity in him as well. Huge improvement. He's he's not. They're not thinking so much. They're not thinking about what the defense is going to do. What kind of what kind of move the defense alignment is going to put on them. They're not thinking about the snap count. That's all become more comfortable. And Campbell um, struggled last year at uh, the tackle spot. He started a game at guard, and he looks a lot more comfortable. And he's and really a lot of that is confidence. You know that you saw everything that you could see. You know last year if you're Zion Nelson and then some, and you saw really a year's worth of football when he had to start against the University of Florida and the type of talent that they were putting in against him. But both of those guys are maturing. And, you know, you and I talk have talked about it over the years. When your offensive line comes into a season with 100 starts before the season happens, you know you've got that t- a, a very good chance to have a, a great offensive line. And, you know, we're starting to work up to those numbers. You know, you've got 
the right tackle who you just mentioned, that guy's probably got 20 snaps under his belt. Gainer's got, uh, what would he have? He'd probably have 15 snaps under his belt. And, you know, Zion's got 12. And you're getting some numbers that are giving you the, the experience advantage, and that's going to pay off. And let's not forget, their offensive line coaches come in, and, and Coach, Coach Justice has done a phenomenal job getting these guys adapted to this offense and getting them uh, to understand how to play this type of football, and they're buying in. Uh, Robert Burns, sidebar note, Miami's uh, practiced with basically three running backs throughout training camp. Robert Burns uh, has returned to practice, so that will give them four. He'll gradually break in. Maybe that gives them another short yardage back. Will Mowry has 25 career catches. Hurricanes have him teamed up, of course, with Brevin Jordan, added two other tight ends to the mix. We'll talk about that position when we come back. A reminder, Miami and UAB, September 10th, uh, Thursday night, a week from Thursday, Hard Rock Stadium, 8 o'clock kickoff. You'll hear the game here on WQAM. We'll talk about the tight ends and their impact when we come back. Now back to the Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U, AM 560, FM 96.5 HD2, The Joe, WQAM, and streaming on the Radio.com app. Sponsored by Williamson Cadillac, your premier luxury dealership. Experience everything that Williamson Cadillac has to offer. Williamson is Miami. Welcome back, everyone, to the Hurricane Hotline. As we continue on, joining us now is University of Miami junior tight end, Will Mallory, Hurricanes with a very formidable tight end crew with uh, Will Mallory. And uh, Will, uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. You and Brevin Jordan, as I mentioned, uh, make a very formidable crew. What has training camp been like so far for you, and how has that combination worked out? Oh, no, yeah, training camp's been really good so far. Uh, I think it's been a big year for for both of us, just that we're some of those older guys on the team, but um, but I mean, coming in, we got recruited to be that 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 duo, that dynamic duo, and I think this this is the year for us that, that we really got to break out and, and show everyone that what we can do. And I think in camp, we've done a good job of that so far. What has the training camp been like for the entire team? Unusual circumstances this year. How have you handled training camp? I mean, I think it has personally been probably the best training camp that, that I've been a part of as a team since I've gotten here. Um, it's been really good. The energy's been really good. The excitement's been there. And it just looks like a different team, and, and, and uh, I'm really excited for us to, to get started and playing. You mentioned it looks like a different team. Why, why do you think it looks and feels like a different team? Uh, I just think everyone's kind of bought into what Coach Diaz is, has been been preaching and um it's good to get some new additions with uh, d eric and everyone like that um but I, I think everyone's just spot into it and they're they're excited for that and uh, and they believe in, in what we can do you mentioned d eric let's talk a little bit about your quarterback what kind of dimension does he bring to the offense uh, every every dimension possible. I mean, he's a playmaker. He can do anything really. He can throw it. He can run it. He just makes things happen. But I mean, and his his leadership ability has been is exactly what we need. Um, and he's been a great fit for us and and, and for the the whole offense and the whole team. And um, he, he's really bringing things together for us. When I watch him, everybody's alive during a play, and he keeps plays alive. How important is that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if he can extend the plays like that and how everyone's seen it, he's been able to do, and I mean, 
used to watch his, his, his highlights from back when he was at Houston. And I mean, it's just it's incredible that, that he's got that ability, and it just brings another another thing to our game and something that defenses have to have to prepare for. How is the team executing the new offense? Uh, good. I mean. Unfortunately, we didn't get that spring practice to get it more under our belt, but I think we really picked it up a lot better than than maybe what people were expecting. Um, and I mean, it's, it's just that offense that really that really lets the athletes be exactly that, be athletes and show what they can do. And I think it's a it's a perfect fit for for the players we have on the team because we just got so much talent. What do you think will be the biggest thing you have to overcome on offense? Do you think it will be the execution, the pre-snap execution? Uh, I mean, this offense really allows us to just, you don't have to think much, you just can play fast. So um, I think with this offense, that helps us with that aspect. But yeah, I mean, we just, just got to make plays happen when they're there. Watching the way the offense unfolds before the play, Coach Lashley seems as if he gets it gets the play in in a hurry, or I guess if he have to, he can make the adjustment late in the play clock. But it seems like he is always at one step ahead with what he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a very, very smart coach. He knows exactly what he's doing. And, yeah, I agree with you. I'd say he's always one step ahead. But, I mean, if it if it comes to it, we can we can change out of something, too. We control the tempo of the game, basically, is, is what this offense is. University of Miami tight end Will Mowry is our guest on the Hurricane Hotline. How about the conditioning aspect of the no-huddle offense? Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a big one. But uh, I've been, like, four weeks into camp, and you definitely see that improvement just getting your win and it's becoming just more and more natural so uh it, it was tough in the beginning but uh now you don't even think about it how about uh some of your teammates let's start with brevin jordan one of the most most talented guys in the country as well how is he responding i know a big key for him is to be able to to finish strong yeah no he, he's done a really good job especially coming off his injuries from last year um he, he's done a really good job and i'm excited for him um and he's looking really good right now you know uh, one of the things about De'Ara king that i think is interesting with you is he knows how tall you are he gives you an opportunity to make plays in the air right i mean he takes advantage of your size yes sir yeah, absolutely um I, I hope i hope he sees me as that big target and throws me the ball sometimes we are uh, closing in on getting to a first game. How proud are you of your team in the united effort that you have given in terms of, of making sure uh, everybody is doing the right things in order to get this far? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think everyone from the bottom up on the staff and the team and everyone's done a great job of being able to make this happen. And we've, we've done that exactly and proved that, that you can do it. Um, so we're all really excited that we, we've done such a good job of that and that we can, I mean, knock on wood, but we can play a whole season. You have a couple of other guys uh, in that tight end room, uh, Larry Hodges, Dominic Marmorelli. Marmorelli's a big kid. Uh, what will they bring to the offense? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
they're two extremely talented guys, and uh, we're really lucky to have have them on on our on our squad. And uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, Dom's a big kid. He's a physical guy, um, and for a freshman, he, he he doesn't look like a freshman. And then and then Larry's just so talented, and and in, in all the aspects, and um, it'll be a big year for him too. We're going to need him to make some plays. I think when we discuss the the spread offense. Everybody's mind goes right to throwing the football, but you can really run the ball well out of these formations, can't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that we've proved all throughout camp with with all three of our running backs we got back there with two the two freshmen and and Cam and uh, I mean they've done exactly that. They've been able to 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 get make a lot of plays on the ground. Um, it's been really impressive to see, and, and I expect that to happen all throughout the season as well. How much are you looking forward to a week from Thursday to see an opponent, Alabama-Birmingham? It's got to be something on your mind now. It's within striking distance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems so far away not too long ago, and now it's, it's right here. But um, I'm excited, really excited for it. Um, and I think everyone's just, just ready to get back into to the season and play some, someone else. You're going to have an all-ACC schedule. Do you like it? Oh, absolutely, and I think this is big for for all the the people that came here too to to see if they're a big time guy. Because I mean, you're gonna be playing big time games every single week, and that's not something you usually get. And and this is gonna show who, who's the real the real playmakers, and and um, I think it's gonna be really good for us. I know that you are um, uh, academics are very important to you, and uh, this is an unusual year. Maybe you can explain a little bit about how you're doing academically, combining that uh, with football. There's a lot of discussion about that, but uh, I know academics are important to you, so maybe you can take us through how it's going for you. Yeah, no, it's been really good so far. Uh, I mean, it's been a little different having some classes in person and some on Zoom, but uh, overall everyone everyone's done a great job of, of, of making it easy for us. Um, so it's it's not been it's not been challenging. It's just been a little different, just like everything this year. And uh, but I think they've done a great job to to still make it where it's a good learning environment as well. You know, I think if anybody is equipped to handle what everybody has to go through, it's the athletes because sports is built around being able to adjust. Right, you have to change your game plan. That's what you were you were raised on in football is you've got to change your game plan. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think I think all of the athletes have, have adapted very well to this. I mean, we us being basically the first ones on campus all summer and, and just seeing how things would go, but uh, I, th- I think we've done a good job of, of proving how, how this is possible. How about the leadership you've been able to get from your head coach and also your administration? Yeah, no, they've, they've all done a great job. Coach Diaz has done a great job of, of just always keeping us up to date on, on everything. Nothing, no secrets or anything. Um, he, he's kept it, kept it hundred percent with us. And, um, and I really thank him for that because this is confusing times and difficult times, but everyone's done a, a fantastic job of, of, of keeping things up front with us. And, uh, and with that, I mean, I think it, it makes it be able to happen. Will Mallory is our guest. I mentioned uh, um, the run game earlier, and you've got two new running backs there with Cameron Harris. You, you've got uh, Don Chaney, 
and you got Knighton, Jalen Knighton, and those guys bring some explosiveness to your offense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I knew these those guys were two heck of players out of high school and stuff, and I was excited for them, But and I didn't really get a chance to see them in spring, but, I mean, they came out the gate as soon first day of, of camp, and you're like, all right, these guys are the real deal. And and uh, we're very lucky to have them because they're extremely hard workers and they're very committed to this game, and they're exactly what you want on your team. By the way, this first game, which which um, I can barely contain my excitement, by the way, <laughs> Alabama-Birmingham was a bowl team last year, played for their conference championship. They touted a top 15 defense, so you're going to get uh, a team that's already going to have one game under their belt and a team that has a bunch of guys back on defense. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, a big challenge for us. I mean, they're a great team. There's really nothing bad you can say about them just because, I mean, they mark every single box on on. In, in the country, top of the country. I mean, you look at the defense and how many guys they're returning and, and how highly they were ranked last year and that. Um, so, I mean, I think it's it's a really good challenge for us for our first week. Um, you're not going to face many as good of defenses as they have. And uh, so it'll be good for us. Um, and, yeah, like you said, I'm excited to get out there and, and just get back into it. You guys have done a really good job up to now with uh, everything that's been asked uh, of the team, all the testing and all of that, all of those things. Um, you guys got to be proud of that, right? I mean, this is almost like you're proving some people wrong. You got to be proud of the what you've been able to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, something you have to take pride in. Of, um, I mean, everyone all on social media says we want to play, we want to play, but uh, you can talk about it, but you actually have to do the actions behind it. So, um, I think everyone on the team's done a fantastic job of that, and uh, and. And they want to play. So, Will Mowry, as always, you're a fantastic guest. We look forward to calling your games this year, and I think you're uh, poised for a big season. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right, that's uh, Will Mowry joining us on the show, Don. He's a great kid. Uh, very much enjoy being around him. 25 career catches. He ought to be able to reach that number this year. He's had 25 catches in two years. He's a guy that could catch 50 passes in one season. I think you could book that. <laughs> I think it's going to be 50 passes. And, you know, you, you talk about guys that have made the jump. He is one of them, Joe. You know, so much of um, this offense is predicated on the tight end and how they're able to st- stretch the field. Miami is tight end you. And when you think of how – you wait till you see what he has developed into. You look at him the last three games of last year where he was able to start those games because Brandon was, was injured – and then he carried it over in the spring, but he looks like a totally different guy, and this offense was custom-made for him. Uh, We started the show off with University of Miami Athletic Director Blake James. When we come back, we'll replay his comments as the Hurricanes have a start time, 8 o'clock kickoff on Thursday, September the 10th. Blake James rejoins us when we come back. Main office, Fort Lauderdale. Now back to the Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U, AM 560, FM 96.5 HD2, the Joe WQAM, and streaming on the Radio.com app. Sponsored by Williamson Cadillac, your premier luxury dealership. Experience everything that Williamson Cadillac has to offer. Williamson is Miami. Thanks for the great Dan Day producing tonight's extravaganza. We will hear from University of Miami Athletic Director Blake James here in one second. Uh, Don, a final comment. Uh, Miami's going to play Alabama-Birmingham. Uh, well, we hope so anyway, but we're 
moving for uh, moving toward that uh, Thursday, September the 10th. And I think it's a great opening opponent. UAB has a lot of talent back. Obviously, Miami struggled at the end of last year. But UAB, they pride themselves on running the football. And Miami's first conference opponent is Louisville, one of the best running teams in the nation. So uh, Miami will get a good dose of a run game and find out about their run defense a week from Thursday. I would highly recommend not taking UAB lightly. I'll remind you, they beat La Tech, who shut out Miami in the bowl game last year. And they, I've watched a, I've watched them um, the last three weeks, Joe, and they're a very good football team. And Miami's going to have to go out and play excellent football to win. And I think it's a, it's a very good opponent for Miami. As you mentioned, there will be some carryover as far as having to stop the run when you go up to Louisville uh, 10 days later. But it's, it's going to be a great game. The 13,000 people that are in hard rock and the whole nation is going, to, is going to watch it on television. And it's one heck of an accomplishment to get to that point. Yeah, all eyes will be on Hard Rock Stadium that night. It will be the first uh, ACC game of the year or first team in the ACC that will be playing in this very strange season. So all eyes will be on Hard Rock, the University of Miami, and the 13,000 that will be there will make it sound like 63,000, I'm sure. Uh, Talking about the first game and how the University of Miami got to this point, got themselves in position to play a season, we spoke with Hurricanes Athletic Director Blake James. Joining us right now, Don, University of Miami Athletic Director Blake James. And in order to get this far, a lot of work went into it, which we'll discuss here. Uh, Blake, good evening. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We, uh, we could not be any better. We're excited. We're enthusiastic. We're ready to go. Uh, nine days away from kicking off the season, 8 o'clock at Hard Rock Stadium. Congratulations for getting us this far. Can you discuss maybe – uh, the work that had to be done, I guess, not only at the University of Miami, within the ACC, uh, fabulous work to get us this far, to get us in a position to play football. Yeah, you know, Joe, it, there's a, a lot that went into it. Uh, again, I'll say dating back to uh, March when the, the impacts of the pandemic first started to really be felt, and we were talking more about spring sports and what we're doing on that front, uh, I'll say – you know, fortunately, we had the uh, the leadership in, in Dr. Frank to recognize the, I guess, potential long-term impact. I don't know if anyone can really identify the exact long-term impact, but um, his experience, you know, really got us started with trying to create a plan to first get our kids back to campus, and then what's the plan to get them to competition. And the other piece of it is, and you touched on it, you have to have someone to compete against if you're going to have competition. So the ACC, I think, really did a great job in identifying a group of medical experts to really create a plan for the conference to get us all back um, to where we are right now, nine days away from competition. Blake, when, I, when, you, when you look back, and I know you haven't paused one second. I know you've been going 100 miles an hour, but if you had to pick one thing or two things right now that – that you would share with all our listeners that you're proudest of about what you've learned about the university or what you've learned about the student athlete or what you've learned about your coaches and, and everybody involved in that building. Are there, are there anything, are there some things that haven't been talked about that have just 
you leave the office or you're in your car and you say, my goodness, what, what a great group of people I'm working with or we're surrounded with. Yeah, you know, Don, I would say two things stick out to me. First is, is the young people in our program, and whether that be football, uh, women's soccer, volleyball, uh, both men's and women's basketball, uh, to the rest of our, our programs. But, I, you know, I cite those four because they've, or five, because they've been with us, uh, you know, really for the majority of the summer, and just their willingness to really buy in to what we've asked them to do in dealing with the pandemic. And again, whether that's avoiding unnecessary contact, social distancing, you know, washing their hands, uh, wearing a mask. Uh, those are all things that when you look at the science side of it and all the testing we've done and their results would show that these, these kids have really bought into that message. And again, you know, credit our coaches, you know, credit Dr. Frank, uh, credit our, our, our medical group uh, for, you know, putting the plan together, communicating that plan, you know, reinforcing that plan with our kids. Um, but at the end of the day, we wouldn't be where we are if the, you know, if the kids didn't really want to play and they didn't want to go out there and represent the U in, you know, whatever sport it is they love. So the, the first thing that would stick out to me is, is, is our young people. Um, the second thing would be really the great support from our, you know, from our leadership. And obviously that starts with, with Dr. Frank, um, the executive leadership, the university, the, the board of trustees. And then, you know, our, our medical, our, our medical uh, experts, um, those groups really recognized, I think, the importance of athletics to an institution and the challenges we were going to face and just really stepped up, you know, to really help uh, us navigate through this type of unprecedented uh, experience um, that, that we're having as, as, a, as an athletic program, obviously as an institution, as, as a world. Um, but just the great support that we got, uh, you know, from campus and, and from just, again, you know, starting with Dr. Frank um, and, you know, the executive team uh, to uh, Dr. Neimer and Kovitz, who, you know, were so instrumental in, in putting together a plan. Uh, you know, so many others uh, that have, have been a part of it. But just, you know, just the, the clear... Uh, um, example of just how how everyone at the at the university was going to come together and, and help us you know in, in getting back to you know where we are today you know nine days away from game day nine days away Miami will play Alabama Birmingham Hard Rock Stadium it was announced about thirteen thousand fans will be allowed in the stadium uh, for the first couple of games uh, how is that going in terms of the the tickets and uh, so forth, who is eligible, and and uh, how is that situation being handled? Well, again, as, as you both know, 13,000 is a, a significantly uh, smaller capacity than what we're used to. Um, and so we had to look at how are we going to meet the, the best, meet, best meet the needs of, of our, of our uh, you know, fan base, and whether those fans be um, family members of the, of the student-athletes, uh, to, you know, sponsors, to uh, season ticket holders. And, you know, it's really putting a, a system in place that would uh, allow each one of those areas to have access to a, a portion of the tickets. Um, and right now we're working through the, the season ticket process, and uh, today was, uh, you know, day two of that process, and we'll continue on. 
Uh, and then we'll open up tickets to the to the general public if, if there's something left. But um, again, I'm, I'm anticipating uh, it'll be, I guess I'll say, a, a full house, recognizing it's going to be a, a socially distanced full house, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but uh, that that's what a full house will be like this year. And again, it's, it's one of those years where, uh, the guys have just learned that people spread out all over the stadium is is the uh, is the capacity crowd that we're going to be able to have, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that are excited to see those guys run out from the smoke there on on Thursday night and and uh, take on U- uh, UAB. Blake, can you clarify the the extra year of eligibility that the NCAA has stated is going to happen? Is the do over? I guess is is a is a better way to describe it for the for the existing seniors or the existing players and how that's going to work? I think the easiest way to explain it, Don, is, you know, you have, you have four years to compete and, and generally that's in a five-year window, uh, you know, to not overcomplicate this with medicals and whatnot. So generally speaking, you have, you have four years of competition in a five-year window, which, you know, you have that redshirt opportunity for, uh, for kids uh, that don't compete in, you know, their, their first four years. Um, what the NCAA has said in this case, you know, really is, you have six years uh, to compete in, in four, and this one doesn't count. So whether they, they redshirt this year or they compete this year, whatever they do, it doesn't count towards that clock, and they'll, they'll have that year back next year. And so, uh, you know, you look at someone like um, uh, D.R. King, and, you know, D.R. came in as uh, having one year of competition left. This year won't count. And so after this year, he'll have one year of competition uh, still left on his clock if that's something he chooses to do. Uh, for our, our freshmen that come in, if, if they redshirt this year, they'll still have a redshirt in four more years. So they'll still have five years ahead of them. And so, again, what it really was 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 a pause button. And, and you know, my, my opinion just was the right thing to do. I mean, this is going to be a year unlike anyone can imagine. We, we don't know where it's, uh, where, where it's going to go right now. We're hoping to uh, – uh, be out there next Thursday competing, and that's the plan, as is the plan for 10 more games after that one. And, you know, that's our hope is we get 11 games in. But I can't sit here today and look in the future and guarantee we're going to play 11 games. Uh, it's just something we don't know. And the thing I do know is the the experience this year isn't going to be the one that any any of these kids signed up for. And, and that's where I think, you know, really the NCAA uh, recognized that and, and said, all right, let's let's have flexibility here. Let's give everyone this year back. If someone wants to sit out because of a medical reason, they have that option and they can sit out. But let's not have someone sit out because it's a shortened season or um, they're concerned about something else. Let's have it be a legitimate uh, health concern that they have. And, and again, whether that's they have uh, family members that, that they don't want to risk that, that situation with, whether it's their, their own personal situation uh, or you know, just what, whatever that is, they have that ability to sit out um, yet at the same time, those that want to go ahead and compete this year, it's a year that they can go out and compete, and it doesn't count against their clock. And they'll be able to continue on and uh, uh, have that year back and, and go and compete again if that's, if that's what they choose to do. Blake, you're going to have a, an all-ACC schedule for the most part uh, this year. Uh, how'd that all come about? It seemed like there was a, a great cooperation inside the conference also, not only with the scheduling, but uh, to move football and fall sports forward. Yeah, um, you know, we, we threw a number of different models, you know, out there to to look at from a scheduling perspective. You know, from from conference only schedules uh, to you know, again the the original eight eight you know eight conference games and, and four non conference games. We 
looked at eight conference games and, and two uh, nine conference games. I've learned gets to be very complicated because of the number of weeks it takes when you have the, you know the odd number of teams and uh, you know so a, a number of, of of different scenarios that we looked at. Um, and so trying to get the 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 best experience, uh, you know, with the the most games possible, because obviously the kids you know want they want to have the opportunity to to have the, the lights on and play on game day. Um, you know, well at the same time being realistic. And so again, when you look at our schedule, you know, we play three on, have an off week, play three on, have an off week, play five on, in theory, have an off week. Um, and so there's, there's a number of windows in there that if need be, we can move games around and, and play, you know, populate those other windows. And, and you've already seen that in the league, uh, you know, North Carolina state was supposed to open at Virginia tech on September 12th, um, you know, due to some challenges that North Carolina state's facing, we moved that game uh, to September 26th as a conference. And so, uh, you know, again, it was it was looking at all sorts of different variables. Um, again, we talked about 13,000 fans being in the stands, um, and, and that's a, a significant revenue hit. Well, another big revenue opportunity for us, I think everyone you know knows, is is TV. And so, you know, how do we how do we maximize the the TV revenue? And and we decided as as a group, um, you know, due to a, a variety of reasons. I think at the at the time, looking at some some rivalries were in place, looking at some games that were contracted. Um, what were the contractual obligations of those games? Um, you know, we felt it was best as long as those schools would meet uh, the ACC medical standards um, that we would go with 10 conference and, and one non-conference game. And, and so, again, that's what we decided was the best fit for us. That's what we've gone forward with. And, uh, again, that's why we're looking forward to welcoming UAB to Hard Rock Stadium uh, nine days from today. And really, the unknown to date, Blake, is the fact that nobody's gone on the road yet. We don't, you don't even know the effects of how that's going to be when teams start having away games. Oh no, exactly. And, and you know, that's and that's one thing that you know. I think you know we're talking about football, and I think it's it's probably you guys have traveled with football. It's probably a little bit easier to keep them in a in a, a quasi bubble. Uh, with football, because as you know, you go from the bus to the tarmac to the plane to the to the bus to the to the hotel to the bus to the stadium, back to the bus to the to the plane, and there's not a lot of of going out and about and interacting and all those things. And uh, the little bit that we've had in the past will be cut off this year just to to try to keep that bubble. Uh, but you know, there's other teams, and you know, how do we figure that out with you know with women's soccer and, and volleyball? Two, you know, two teams t- traditionally that haven't flown charter everywhere. And, you know, are, are we, how are we going to get them from point A to point B in, in the safest uh, way possible? And so, again, just playing through all sorts of different scenarios. Uh, again, I think the, the, the conference uh, medical advisory group, uh, you know, has, has been great. Um, you know, our, our, our medical people have, have been great. Our, our coaches have really bought into it. And, uh, again, are we going to have some positive cases throughout the year? I'm guessing we will. I hope we won't, but uh, I think we have to to learn to live within the pandemic. We've, you know, we've had some positive cases you know, during the summer, and I think we've we've showed we can uh, really learn to to live within that, given the structure uh, and really the protocols that our, our U Health experts have have put in place for us to be able to follow. And so, uh, that's the approach that we'll continue to take. And you know, again, you, you think we started testing on, on June 10th, so we're uh, you know, almost three months into it. If we can go three more months with the same results we've had, uh, we'll get a football season in, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, we know you got to go uh, real fast. You can make this a quick answer because I know you got to run. Uh, do you feel good about uh, other fall sports, volleyball and soccer? Yeah. No, no, again, you know, like I said, I mean, again, our, our plan is, is for – 
for all of them to be able to compete. Again, is it the experience that they signed up for? No, it's going to be a little bit different. Their schedule's been modified. Again, in, in you know volleyball and, and, and women's soccer, you look at most of most of our competition, um, in, you know, especially in, in the in the you know immediate area, uh, isn't playing those sports in the fall. And so uh, we've got some conference you know games set up. Uh, you know, I know we're looking at some non-conference games against conference opponents. Um, and again, they're looking at the spring. You know, the NCA has uh, aspirationally said they're going to try to uh, host the fall championships that they canceled this fall in the spring. I think that's going to be a real challenge. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to promise that to our, our young people, but if that opportunity is there, uh, you know, we're going to be committed to, the, to getting them back out in the spring and have that opportunity to compete for that. So we'll take everything as it goes. Like I, I said to, you know, our coaches, uh, this is going to be a, a, a walk uh through the year we're not going to get to the point of running uh just because this pandemic's going to be here so we're just have to take it step by step day by day and and that's what we've done to this point and like i said we're we're almost three months in and and you know so far it's uh is gone as as well as i could hope for Uh, not to say that it's gone perfect but as well as i could hope for and if the next i guess i'll say i hope the next three months uh go as well uh from a health perspective and if if that's the case then uh we're going to be able to see a, a lot of competition with our miami hurricanes this fall Okay, well, uh, Don and I had a chance to experience uh, firsthand some of your protocols on campus, and I think all we can say is world-class and first-class. Just unbelievable uh, what you've been able to do on campus in terms of uh, the things that are necessary to be done and you to be saluted for that. Uh, thanks so much for being with us tonight. It's great to have you on the show as we begin another season of Hurricane Hotlines, hopefully going all the way to Memorial Day. Hey, we'll look forward to seeing you guys out at the stadium next uh uh, Thursday, Joe, I, I know you want to get in there early to start your quarantine, so just let me know when you're going to be there, and we'll make sure we get the food delivered and everything. <laughs> yes, I want to go inside the booth, and I'm going to sit there. Keep an eye my, on him, Blake. My own bubble. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Keep an eye on him. <laughs> there we go. We'll see you guys Thursday. Stay healthy. Take care. All right. Thank you. All right, University of Miami Athletic Director Blake James joining us on the show. In case you missed it, next Thursday night, University of Miami will kick it off against Alabama-Birmingham. Kickoff slated for 8 o'clock September the 10th at Hard Rock Stadium. Thanks to Corey Gaynor and Will Mowry, Don Bailey Jr., and uh, Dan Day and Cameron Gorby as well. Dan Day, our producer uh, on the board. Cameron Gorby, our uh, executive producer, thanks to Cam Gorby uh, for his help here tonight. Stay tuned now. ESPN Radio is coming up next. We'll join you on the hotline next Tuesday night as Manny Diaz will make his first appearance of the season next Tuesday night, September the uh, September the 9th. Uh, no, September the 8th. I'm sorry. Next Tuesday, September the 8th. Stay tuned now. ESPN Radio coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.